Hello, and welcome to the Country Roads Podcast with Blue Gold Sports. I'm your host, Lane Shepard. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Texas week. The Longhorns are coming to Morgantown this Saturday, and Mountaineer Nation's going to be ready. Sam Ellinger is the Texas Longhorns in a great spot. He's a Heisman hopeful, and they're looking for revenge for that big win that West Virginia pulled off in Austin last year. After the game, Sam Ellinger, in that response to the big, you know, horns down play that uh, David Sills had and Greer had said that you know anyone that did that pays for it on on his Twitter account so now's his opportunity and I promise you I don't think they're gonna be looking ahead for Oklahoma next week I think they're gonna be ready when they they show up Mountaineer Field this Saturday so let's dive into the game a bit so what are gonna be some offensive keys for West Virginia well if you watched uh, Texas's game against Oklahoma State Interesting game to watch, pretty fun, but they lost. Texas lost three three defensive backs injuring that game. We don't really know who's going to be uh, available or not. You know, Texas is holding that pretty tight to the vest, just as any team does. You think back to the NC State game, West Virginia was missing three starters and Josh Sills, Tevin Bush, and Michael Brown, and it wasn't really something that was announced until almost game time. So that's not going to be something we're going to know heading in. So whether they're going to play or not, or how, you know, what their strength is going to be is kind of an unknown. But regardless, that's going to be the big thing that West Virginia is going to be looking to attack. Can West Virginia get after that depleted backfield and get that passing game going? Are there some key matchups, specific receivers that are going to do well against new defensive backs or injured defensive backs, certain situations, whether it's if it's a nickel situation where they're bringing in an extra defensive back, can West Virginia take advantage of that? Maybe use some height with somebody like Gregory Campbell or Sean Ryan. Is you know are those things that they can do the speed of Sam James, Tevin Bush? These are things that West Virginia's been looking to try and you know get after you know a, a Texas defensive backfield that is missing or at least is going to be banged up from what they had had earlier in the year. I think you're going to see a similar attack to what West Virginia did against NC State. Get Texas running east to west, sideline to sideline, and spread them out. They're the strength of this Texas defense right now is their defensive line. They're very good. They're very big. They're disruptive. So you can't let them key off, you know, pin their ears back proverbially and get upfield and attack West Virginia. We got to make sure Kendall is comfortable and that he doesn't feel like he's under duress and attack all the time. If West Virginia's running game is struggling and the passing game is, isn't getting downfield and it's short, they're going to be able to do that. Their D-line is going to be – they're going to get a go call from the defensive coordinator to go get the quarterback. So, West Virginia, you're going to look for reverses, uh, tap passes, wide receiver screens to the edges, toss sweeps, things like that. Even some screens um, to like running back screens or just a lot of fire throws where all of a sudden if something's not there, you can dump the running back. Looks like he's going to block, steps out, and you can dump it to him. It's not actually a screen. looks like a screen sometimes to try and get – the Texas defensive line and their linebackers to slow down their upfield attack and not get after uh, West Virginia's, uh, you know, the quarterback as much. This is this is a big game for Kendall. This is by far his biggest start that he's had in, in his career. So I think one of the biggest keys, you know, for the offensive coordinator Matt Moore is going to be let's make sure Matt that, that Kendall's comfortable. Let's make sure we're getting him some completions early in the game. 
We get some runs called that are going to make him feel like he has some help there. And we're not getting him banged up too early. West Virginia's offensive line is still trying to gel. You have a nice left tackle in McKivitz to protect your blind side. But let's make sure that we try to keep Kendall's jersey clean early on and get him some confidence. And then a lot of it's going to have to slide on to Kendall. He has to make smart plays. He can't be too greedy. Make sure you're watching where their safeties are. Don't be thrown in the double coverage. Take what Texas gives you. If they're, you know, with their depleted backfield, there's going to be some things available. Take advantage of what's there. Don't try to make the hero play. Take what's, you know, take five yards instead of trying to get 18. You know, don't make mistakes. That's going to be the biggest thing, taking care of the ball and not making, you know, poor decisions and mistakes. This is going to be have to be a game where off West Virginia is going to have to put some points on the board in a significant way if they want a chance to win this game. I really think they need to look at it as much as they can to get Sam James involved and involved early. When he is making dynamic plays, it changes the dynamic of uh, or change what the how the offense works and how they're attacking. It makes a defensive coordinator have to account for a wider part of the field and that speed, and it has their their corners and outside linebackers are looking in more, not just focused on the guy they're covering in their small zone. It they got they got to have their head on a swivel a lot more when they're worried about that kind of attack and speed. Tevin Bush has that same ability because he has that fast twitch speed. Haven't seen it as much with him being suspended against NC State. Didn't have a big game at Kansas. Can he get involved again? Is that something where you know he's maybe come back a little bit from what happened on that suspension? And can he take that next step? Also, I like what we've seen with with Kennedy McCoy in the last few games. He had a very nice game at Kansas. He'd have been West Virginia's uh, MVP uh, offensively in the Kansas game. And you can definitely make the case that if he doesn't have the the performance that he has, does West Virginia win that game uh, out in Lawrence? And I'm not sure the answer is yes. So, Petaway came back. He had two nice touchdowns on some tough runs. Is that something that we can move this forward? Is the offensive line going to be block be able to block well enough to where these line or the, the running backs can, can make some hay early in the game and establish that run early on? I also would like to see running backs get a little bit more involved in the passing game, get some dump passes to them, some screens, or them just be uh a little bit more of an option as a fire throw just to get Texas off their feet. We haven't seen West Virginia really utilize the tight end at all. That doesn't seem to be something that has worked in the offense as much as we thought it was going to be. It could help a bit with a vertical passing game in the middle. Hasn't happened yet. Not sure if we're going to see that this week. But West Virginia fans have been clamoring that we need more downfield passing attack. We need more downfield passing attack. And it's it would be helpful. Like, like, no questions asked. If West Virginia could get a better vertical, which means, you know, really passes, you know, 30 yards downfield or more, um, would be a deep passing verticals, more center of the field. It would help to open up the offense, force Texas to take more linebackers out of the box and not allow a safety to play in the box. And that's part of the reason also, you know, why we're calling for West Virginia to try and play east and west, make them to. Def- defend all the way the sidelines so texas cannot stack that box and like i said so their defensive line can't get up field and really you know tall receivers like sean ryan and uh, george campbell 
they have they have some deep uh, ability threat just because of their height. But as does you know Sam James and you know because of his speed and his ability to get downfield. So are those things where they've worked on it and they've seen some things from you know in the extra you know the with the bye week of these are ways we can attack Texas downfield and open up that passing game and it's it's going to feel with you know the flow of the game is it there but at the same time we don't want to make mistakes so it's it, it's a it's a bit of a del, you know two double edged sword there where you can get a big pass play downfield you can get a big chunk of yardage or or a touchdown but at the same time it's also it can lead to a lot of turnovers or it puts yourself you know all of a sudden you're in second and 10 because you go deep ball first on first and 10 and it's going to be a challenge a bit for West Virginia when you look at, you know, calling the game because it makes it tough for Matt Moore, you know, the offensive coordinator for West Virginia, because Texas has the ability to score a lot of points and score them quickly. And West Virginia's attack in this game is not going to be fast-paced, bunch of points on the board. If you watch any of West Virginia's games, they don't want this to be a shootout. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how many points I think West Virginia is going to have to score to win this game, but you have to be you have to be careful. You can't get greedy. I mean, it's going to be critical that West Virginia doesn't get down early in this game because I don't like West Virginia's ability to come back from a big deficit. But you also, you know, if Texas, you know, reels off a big play, you know, we have a defensive mistake, a broken coverage, a couple of missed tackles, they score. That doesn't mean that West Virginia has to get back those seven points on the next possession, or more importantly, that very next play. You have to stay in the moment of what you're doing, keep calm and play. And that goes for Matt Moore as much as it does any player on the team, especially you no know, Kendall, where it's one like I said, take what's there, not what you think the team has to have at that moment. You know, obviously that changes if it's fourth and goal and you're down by five. Well, <laughs> you got to get. You got to get the touchdown. That's kind of it, you know. It, you know, if it's end of the game, if it's second quarter and Texas gets a big, big possession touchdown on a quick strike, you don't have to get those seven points at, down that next play. It's okay to take that dump down pass to the running back, pick up four yards, and play for the next down. Or God forbid, you know, throw it to a guy a few yards short, let him make a play. Or if you have to punt, but it's better than a turnover, and, and that's going to be a big key for this offense in this week is making the smart plays, not turning the ball over, and playing the long game, not short. Defensively, the offense in Austin really it revolves around their quarterback, Ellinger, you know, 100%. I mean, the kid makes plays, whether it's running the ball, passing it. He shows exceptional toughness when he runs the ball and standing in the pocket. Uh, he honestly looks more like a fullback when he runs the ball a lot of times than he does a running back. But And he, he has the ability to escape pressure, but they'll also they'll call a lot of run plays for him. And he is uh, – I, I, his percentage on short downage, you know, fourth and one, third and one, it's as good as anybody. And he's, he's deceptively big. Uh, I, I don't know if they just list him that way, but he doesn't look that big on TV. He's listed at 6'3", 230. Uh, that's not how large I would have thought he was, but that's what they have him listed as. So I'm not sure if they put him on stilts and gave him a you know, 40-pound plate for that weigh-in, but that, that's, what he, that's what he says he is. Now, the offensive lineman at Texas is pretty big, so maybe that's why he looks a little smaller on TV. But he, he has the ability to make big-time plays 
and he doesn't get seem to get lost in the moment. He has a lot of experience now. You know, he's got that, you know, underneath his belt. So the atmosphere in Morgantown is is not going to be too big for him. It's the opposite of Kendall in the sense that Kendall's making his first big game start. Now, luckily for Kendall, it, it's at home. But this is, you know, you know Ellinger's been doing this for a couple years now for, for UT. So, you know, the... You know, Morgantown's going to be rocking and rolling, and it's going to be a fun and great atmosphere, but it's not going to be too big for Ellinger. Maybe some of the other players, that that's possible. You know, we can get them kind of off the stride, make them some false starts, but not not likely, you know, Ellinger. And I'm really impressed when you go back and you watch with his decision-making and how much he's improved in the passing game from last year to this year. Now, he you know, he has a slew of exceptionally talented wide receivers. I mean, they're the guys that they look great coming off the bus. They were big time star recruits at a high school to have the size and they look like they're guys going to the NFL, but regard, you know, put that aside, he's making the throws and that's something, you know, it's a, in a ma- in a much better way than when he was a year ago. And that, it's impressive. And he re- deserves a lot of credit for that as does their coaching staff. And when he looks at, his ability, you know, use his feet to get out of the pocket to run for a first down. He creates a lot of problems for the defense. I mean, you're going to see Vic Coning. I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see a linebacker have to be used as a spy to to account for Ellinger. Because if he, if you don't, he's able to get away and he's able to pick up four or five yards or, or thirty because you know protection or the uh, you know gap gaps break in the uh, in the pass rush. That he's able to sneak through and get a big gain. So if you look for you know linebacker, usually a middle backer, uh, three to four long, uh, yards, maybe six behind the yard of scrimmage, just kind of hovering there like he's not in pass protection. And really, what he's doing is he's either accounting for the quarterback or the running back, and can be both to see if Ellinger runs to pick him up or if he dumps it to the running back. And that's going to be something that Vic Coney's probably going to have to do. Why that's important is is if you're playing another team and say their quarterback isn't very mobile, you don't have to do that. So now that linebacker can be used in coverage, he can be used to rush the quarterback, or just go after the running back. And you know, in either case, he's assigned to him, he shadows him, so he either rushes, or you know, goes after if they dump it to him. With Ellinger, you're gonna have to watch him. You're either gonna have to have very good gap discipline to make sure he's not able to slip through, or assign somebody so when he does, they're there to make the play. And they have to be a sure tackler because he's a big guy and he's tough to bring down. And he's going to lower his shoulder and bring it to you. So it's he. there's a reason why he's on the Heisman shortlist and he's taken this Texas team as far as he has. Another reason why this Texas team has is, is legit is, is really the running back position. That was a massive question mark for Texas heading into the season. They talked about all spring and summer. Who's going to be Texas running back? Ingram has filled any questions of who that's going to be from what, from what I've seen. His stats are good, but you watch him, especially in the Oklahoma State game, runs hard, very hard to bring down, shifty, can make all the runs, and he's a nice receiver. Uh, they made several passes him downfield on routes, but also, you know, Ellinger dumping to him when he's on pressure. So, you know, in a fire throw situation. And it's that that's dangerous. I mean, you have to have that same thing. You have to have a lot of discipline to make sure somebody's accounting for that running back. It's very easy to get your eyes stuck on the quarterback. You lose sight of that running back with somebody with that kind of speed, and that guy's gone. 
you, you can't follow him. So he has really helped to take that Texas offense to the level that it has and help them uh, perform the way they have. Because I mean, you know, 45 points against Louisiana Tech, 38 points against you know LSU, 48 points against Rice, 36 against Oklahoma State. They're racking up points, and and LSU is a pretty respected defense. Now I'm not sure LSU's defense is what it has been in previous years, but regardless, LSU's defense is better than you know most that West Virginia or any of the West Virginia's face. I mean, without question. Uh, offensive line is a big strength for Texas. They have a couple guys with a lot of talent. Parker Braun, their right guard, was a he's a graduate transfer from Georgia Tech. He was a first team ACC guy, and their center Zach Shuckleford has been there for quite a while. So a lot of size, a lot of strength. It's Texas, they're able. They're one of those. They're one of those few schools that they're able to get the offensive linemen they actually want and need. You know, Ohio State, Alabama. Auburn, Georgia, LSU, USC, Michigan, there Wisconsin, I would actually throw into that. They're a bit of a different thing where they get those big NFL prototype offensive linemen that West Virginia consistently struggles to get. Colt McKivitz is a three-star guy from a tiny town in Ohio that has blossomed into a phenomenal tackle at West Virginia. Yannick Adjust or Kajust was not a big time recruit out of out of high school and he wasn't he's still not necessarily that NFL prototype guy they just look at him and go like this guy's incredibly athletic and he can flat out play we'll take him like let's do this but Texas and Oklahoma they're able to go out and get these four or five star guys there just aren't that many offensive line that exist like that and they get them and that's one of their biggest strengths and and, and they're they're, they can play. And this is a team that they scored 35 points against LSU, but if you go back and you watch that game, they left a couple of touchdowns on the field easily. I mean, it, it they had they had a beautiful fourth down play on a fourth and goal where the, the running back just flat out dropped the ball, just didn't watch it in, just drops it. And they had another fourth and goal there. So they left two touchdowns on the field and, and easily could have won that uh that LSU game and this is an offense that it's going to be a lot for for Vic Koning's group to handle uh, it's going to be a massive challenge they've had two weeks to prepare and they're going to be looking for the chinks in the armor of this West Virginia defense you know West Virginia's had good corner play uh the the line the defensive line has made a lot of plays in the backfield safeties and in, in, in linebackers are young Inexperienced, so look for some attacking, you know, up the middle of the field, you know, using either their tight end or some running backs up the middle, which are that center usually be, tends to be either a safety picking up or a linebacker. And the receivers are talented; they're going to attack our corners as much as they can as well. But it, it, it's going to be a shootout. It, it's not going to be a tight game. And as you know, I move off defense and into th- this is. You know, they talk about the three phases of the game, and luckily West Virginia seems to be making some you know, very good strides in special teams. This is a game where West Virginia is going to have to win all three phases of the ball to win. Special teams is going to have to be a positive for West Virginia to win. Texas has a very good kicker, you know, probably the best, maybe the best kicker in, in the Big 12, and they have a very good punter. 
So the punter is going to help them a lot with field position. And their kicker means that, you know, they can put points on the board where, you know, at a longer distance. You know, they're not, they, you know, they can kick that 40, 50-yard field goal and convert it. And Western Union's blocked a field goal. We blocked a punt. We had good coverage on, you know, punt return, kickoff. But they're going to have to make a play, whether whether it's, you know, Texas, you know forcing Texas to muff a you know, punt, you know, scoring on a kickoff or, a, you know, or a punt return or blocking a field goal, blocking a punt. West Virginia has to find a way to push that needle in a positive for them to for them to win this game. And but you know, maybe pick up a defensive or special team score because what Texas has a prolific offense, West Virginia is not right now. You know, how how does West Virginia counter that? You know, it's one of those is a turnover battle, you know, point towards West Virginia or, you know, can you get some help from the defense or special teams to help you in that, you know, that push to to win that. You, you've got to do something if you're going to go toe to toe with an offense like this. Uh, I do want to take a second, you know, really thank the people that, you know, help make this podcast possible. Really appreciate them. Um, realtor Ashley O'Brien, she's a realtor with Realty One Group Coastal in Charleston, South Carolina. If you're thinking of relocating, you can reach Ashley at ashleyelizabethcollection.com. Also bringing the Country Roads podcast to you this week is Wee Man Lawn Care, providing homeowners with the beautiful lawn they truly want and deserve. Get a quote today at WeMenUSA.com with locations in both the Charleston, uh, Greater Charleston area and the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia, as well as a lot of the surrounding states around West Virginia. So we kind of went over those things. I put uh, we put some questions on uh, on Twitter, Blue Gold Sports Twitter account of uh, what you guys wanted to see this week on the uh, the podcast. Jeff Bryant came on. He asked a question about uh, cornerback Dre. Miller, who was a recruit, he uh, you know was an LSU commit, uh, Arizona community college guy. That I I don't have an update for him. Things are pretty mum, you know, on him. He's not he's not in the too deep. Um, the good news is is that West Virginia's had very good play so far out of Hakeem Bailey and Keith Washington. You know, Bailey does get beat by Parchment uh, against Kansas last week. You know, he got out of position. Parchment ran by him. You know, Bailey couldn't get back on, it. and that's that's something you got to be careful. With thing in Texas, I mean, you better you better believe that they're watching that when they've got big receivers. I'm not sure they quite have anybody like Parchment as far as you know statistically right now, um, or who I think is maybe as good, but they're close and they they have that kind of big playability, and you know they're watching that. And uh, that so it's a positive the corner play has been good, but you never know. Like, what if somebody goes down? You know, the backups right now on the depth chart are Trey Mayo and Nick Troy Fortune and they played a little bit you've seen them at times but you know you you always need a lot of corners it's not something where you have a couple so it would be nice to have him but right now you know nothing on Miller Uh, Jeff Ruff also tweeted in I appreciate it gave some predictions also some questions you know he said that he thought West Virginia had to score at least 35 points to win this game and I, I can't agree more uh, I I don't know if 35 it'd, it'd be enough, you know. I LSU scored 42, uh, that they you know won 32 to 35, and I West Virginia is gonna have to wait, find a way to I think to get you know 40 ish points somewhere in that neck of the woods, you know, and and that's that may take a defensive score, that may take a special team score, or you know maybe because that that's a big ask on West Virginia's offense right now from what we've seen. But they've got to find a way 
to to get up in that because I just don't see West Virginia's defense being able to hold Texas, you know, you know sub you know th- thirty five I think is going to be good a heck of a performance by West Virginia's defense against this time of offense. Uh, you know they they have a the big line, they have the ability to run the ball, a quarterback who can run the ball, who can make all the throws. You know that that the running back who can catch the ball as well as run it, and then these big time NFL receivers. You know it's 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 a big task. So I, I thirty five might be on the low side, but but I think you're close. Um, you reiterated you thought you know really Western New is gonna have to spread the field to take advantage of that Texas defense, and and I I agree. I kind of said that earlier is that I think Texas. Their strength is that front seven. That's the biggest place at Tech on def- on when you look at their strengths against ours and their ability. A lot of it has to do with recruiting ability. They're able to get those big three techniques, nose guards, defensive ends, NFL prototype guys, and stud linebackers out of Texas, and you know keep them home. West Virginia doesn't have much access to those guys, and you don't see them on the roster as much right now. So if you can get those guys moving side to side instead of attacking, you know downfield. At our offense, that that's a big advantage. We got to get their linebackers on the edge of that box, looking side to side, not just straight into the backfield. Uh, I did want to give my three big keys to winning the game. You know, what is it going to take for West Virginia to pull pull the upset? You know, this weekend, you know, the line on the game's been favoring. You know, Texas, you know, about six and a half point. You know, favorite right now was the line. It's been bounced around. I'm sure it'll move throughout the rest of the week. Uh, it's gonna be a little colder on, you know, mid 60s is looking for uh, in Morgantown some rain. But you know, what are what are the big keys to to West Virginia? You know, being able to pull off the, this upset on uh, on Saturday. My, my number three one was an effective passing attack downfield. You know, Kendall, we've got to find a way to throw the ball that 25, 35, and a little bit deeper downfield. You know, it's been a lot of short passes, some intermediate routes in that 20 to 30 range, really lacking a strong deep ball threat. You know, and what that means is is that Texas's safeties aren't gonna have to focus as much about being, you know, beat over the top for touchdowns. You know, they can focus more on helping at the line of scrimmage or short. And, you know, so it takes, you know, crossing routes aren't going to be as effective and your short passing game isn't going to be as effective or your running game because those safeties are up tight. They can meddle in the middle. If we can get an effective pass field, it's going to take a lot of pressure off the running game and open things up. So it's part of the reason why, you know, you've got to get those safeties scared of our ability to throw the ball down the field. Number two, win the turnover battle. You know, I, I do not think West Virginia can win this game if they are neutral or if they they can't win it if they lose the turnover about Neutrals, it's going to be a tough ask because uh, a lot of times those turnovers really equate to points. You know, it's a net negative or net positive depending on how, you know, it's whether you turn the ball over or got one from them. I, I really think West Virginia probably has to be plus two in, in turnover to, to win this game. And my number one is I think you have to limit the big play ability of Ellinger. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to make some runs. He's going to make some passes. You know, he's going to make some plays. But WVU has to limit how much he's able to control the game. 
And there's two reasons. A is obviously if he's throwing lots of touchdowns and running for tons of yards and making scores, well, you know, that makes it tough for West Virginia to win. But a lot of it, I think, has to do with momentum, him being able to take over the game, you know, Texas has confidence, but also it puts less pressure on Kendall. If he's not making play after play and doing that, Kendall doesn't feel that he has to do it as much. So, you know, it's a twofold, it's a twofold thing. So those are my three, three big keys for Western to take down the Longhorns for two years in a row. Effective passing game downfield, win the turnover battle, and limit the big play ability of Ellinger. You can't stop him completely. That's not going to happen. But can you limit his success? You know, keep him under 300 yards or 320, limit his ability to rush the ball, maybe cause him to, you know, make a turnover. That's going to be big and the biggest keys for Western Union. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game, big time atmosphere. You know, Morgantown's going to be rocking and rolling. So that's all I have for you this week, Mountaineer fans. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. It helps out us, you know, helps us out a lot. If you got any questions for next week, you know, hey, please, you know, look at for us. You know, Blue Gold Sports on Twitter. My Twitter is Lane Shepherd72. If you want to reach out to me and give me some questions, uh, let us know what you think, your thoughts, questions, and we'll get back to you. All right, thanks so much. Enjoy the game. Let's go, Mountaineers.